Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I am joined by Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, now, I'm about to announce someone who is returning to the show. She is like an official host as well, because when she's on the show, it just it's so much better every single episode. Joe, we're good hosts, but you know, we're, we're nothing. We need, we need this. <laughs> we do. She's been on to talk about Peloton. She's been on to talk about Casey Musgraves. And she's been on to talk about the topic of tonight's episode. That is Miss Taylor Swift. Now, let me clarify. Taylor Swift is not the guest. That sounded like I was introducing her as the guest. But the guest is Alex. Alex, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome, guys. Alex. Thanks for having me again. We're so happy you're here. here tonight. And we are going to be speaking about the recent music release, Red, Taylor's version. And I feel like we talked about Fearless Taylor's version not too long ago. And here we are tonight. Yep. So let me begin having nothing to do with Taylor, but we are recording this two nights before Thanksgiving. Just want to see how everybody's doing. Everybody well? Alex? Yeah, I can't complain. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Yes. Two days away. Yep. Same here. It's, uh, it's just coming quick. It's crazy. The year is flying by. Uh, before we get to Taylor, let me ask a music question of both of you. Can you mention to me one artist you've been listening to recently other than Taylor that, that's on your playlist a lot? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Lake Street Dive. Oh, wow. And a lot of Maggie Rogers. I'd say those are those are two new additions to my playlists. Mac, those are great choices. Those are those are great choices. I agree, and completely unexpected. So that that's wonderful. Um, and Alex, I'm assuming you'll be watching the Beatles get back on Disney Plus. Oh, of course, I can't wait. You have, we have the them next, on Peloton coming soon. The, yes, Alex true. texted me yesterday with the uh, announcement that Peloton is going to be having a Disney um, a Beatles get back themed series of rides and activities, which I'm very excited for. Um, Joe, what about you? What have you been listening to? Pretty much the other new album that's come out, Silk Sonic. Ah, yes. I've been listening to that a lot, actually. And uh, I've also been listening to the new alternative playlist on Amazon uh, Music, mm -hmm. which I they update pretty much every day with new things. And I listen to it constantly. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's, it's up to seven hours long. That's how big this playlist is. And it's constantly updated. Wow, that's awesome. Do you, do you put Good it on choices, shuffle mode yeah. when you start to listen? Um, no, because it's already, to me, it's shuffled already. Right. You know, it, Good point. It goes from one song to another. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Joe, now that you've said that, I wonder why I shuffle playlists like that when I start, you know, it's already <laughs> shuffled. Like, what's the point? I actually hate shuffle. I'm glad that they removed it on Spotify because Adela requested it. Yes. And uh, it, it, to me, it makes no sense whatsoever. That's very strong words. Hot take, hot take hot in the hot beginning take. of the show. Hot take. Well, when you curate a playlist, it's got to be in order the way that you put it. I, I agree. And albums, I don't want to listen to them out of order. Oh, no way. That's the worst. When it's accidentally shuffling. Yeah, that's when you don't realize it's set to shuffle. Right. I'll give you a hot take. The Taylor Swift version of Christmas Tree Farm back by the orchestra is better than the original. That's not a hot take at all. That's absolutely true. Agreed. Why it do made you both... my, my entire day, Scott, when you sent that to me. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was like, you know, when I, I, I guess, um, I can't remember how I first found out it was coming out. Maybe Joe, you text. I really don't remember, but then I I'd forgotten about it. And then out of nowhere, just in the middle of the day, I'm like, oh wait, that's been released. And then I drop everything I'm doing, of course. And I went and listened to it. And I learned later it was recorded at Abbey road studios in London. So that's cool. true with the orchestra and everything. I actually listened to it right before we started recording this. It sounds so good. Her voice is impeccable on that performance. Agreed. I like she definitely has improved. Uh, she's improved as a singer by so much in the last, you know, couple of years. It's it's insane. I agree. Um, I like when contemporary artists perform with an orchestra. One of the things that I would love to see happen, although I don't know if it will, would be Ariana Grande performing with an orchestra. I think that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Um, Adele, who we were talking about before we recorded tonight, has performed with an orchestra before. And that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, if there was one current artist I'd say would perform with the orchestra, it would be Adele. Right. So 
I could I think see Ariana it. would be a great fit though, Scott. Ariana, yes. Yeah. I mean, she she really can perform music in so many different genres from great American songbook to Motown. It's really, she's very diverse in what she's capable of singing. And I, I just think she would be backed up well by it. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, which is okay too, which means we get songs like positions and NASA and all that, but it's, you right. know, all right. it's all good. But let's turn now to red Taylor's version. So I think our listeners know this because we've talked about this before on the show, but, uh, Taylor Swift, in an effort to regain control of her masters, has been re-recording her entire catalog. Uh, she released Fearless as her first album in Taylor's version, which means re-recorded versions. And Red was the second release as part of this Taylor's version series. And it includes the original Red album re-recorded, along with a series of bonus tracks that are comprised of songs that were written around the time of Red, but never released to the public. And what has gotten the most attention, which we will definitely talk about in a little bit, was the 10-minute version of the song All Too Well, which I have now heard. Probably, I guess if I tied it up, we're looking at coming on hours, maybe. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's interesting. But um, let me begin by asking you, Alex, when you go uh, to the non-Taylor's version of Red, just the original, where does it rank for you in Taylor's catalog? You know, I would say... Second to, I, I think it's probably my second favorite record. Um, Scott, we've talked a lot about this. I love Fearless. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she released Red, I was just super excited. It was like a new, sort of a new version of Taylor, not as much country, a little bit more pop, but like, yes. you know, a little bit more, a little bit of country intertwined. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's probably my second favorite. Second favorite. A lot of bangers on this record. Yeah. It's so good. Um. Joe, how about you? Where did you rank Red? I probably have put it number four or five, somewhere in the top middle. Okay. Um, I mean, Red, there's some songs on Red that to me are the best songs she's ever recorded, but the album as a whole, I think I would put it somewhere in the middle, even, even especially the original non re recorded version. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the album Reputation more than Red? I do. Yeah. Okay. That's a hot take. That would definitely be a hot take among many. I love reputation. Nobody can talk bad about that album to me. (laughs) Um, And speak now is my favorite album of hers, which I'm I'm hoping is the next re-release. So that would be great. Oh, that'd That'd be be amazing. So after hearing the re-recorded version of fearless, not too long ago, what were your expectations going into the Taylor's version of red Alex? uh, Where does that, how do you feel about that? I was hoping that it would be, like have the same differences as fearless in terms of like the instrumentals and the vocals and just everything being more broad and like vocalized and pronounced um, as it was in Taylor's version of fearless. And I think we got it in red, honestly, in, in Taylor's version, I think, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go too deep into it (laughs) um, yet, but I think instrumental wise and vocal wise, we definitely got the similarities in Red Taylor's version that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Understood. Uh, and Joe, how about you? What were um, what were your expectations? I mean, Fearless is a great album. I, I like the re-recordings. You know, we talked about this uh, a long, you know, a lot. And I would have been happy with this if she had just done the same thing. Honestly, give us a you know a re-recorded, more modern-sounding album with a bit a bit of better production. With, you know, a few bonus tracks thrown in, almost like a Target exclusive type release where you get, if it was a normal album plus the exclusive with bonus tracks, I would have been happy with that. But when when she started announcing, you know, what this was going to be with basically two albums of stuff on there, the original Red plus basically a new album on its own. Mm-hmm. I mean, my expectations were through the roof. And I, like Alex said, she met it. You know, this, <laughs> this is this is an amazing album. So let's let's turn now to the album. And I, I don't think we should go track by track through Red because the album, the original at least, has been out for a long time. But the first question I wanted to pose actually, it's let's let's get the negative out of the way. I'm gonna ask you all, are there any tracks on the Taylor's version of Red that you think clearly don't work as well as on the original Red from a few years ago? Joe, we'll start with you this time. Um, I would say, I would say, yes, there's a few that I don't care for as much. 
Um, I think we are never ever getting back together. Does not sound as good as the original. Mm-hmm. There's some vocal parts in there that I don't know what they were. They might have hit a wrong button or something like that's to me. It just seems so strange when you listen to it. Um, there's some other songs that I just don't even like that much. So you know, I wouldn't. I've listened to them. I won't listen to them again. But they're good. You know, it, it's it's some of those songs are good. But to me, we are never ever getting back together. I think is the most. I don't want to say most affected, but most different from the way that they, they were trying to do it. I think. Okay, Alex, how about you? I have to completely agree with you, Joe. I think going into this, I was expecting we are never, ever getting back together to be like this super, super bold, like really, really strong track. Not that the original wasn't very, very strong, but I was just hoping for, like you said before, a more like modernized version, just something that like you're almost putting your fist through your computer screen, like just super excited. And I didn't get that in in Taylor's version. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit disappointed um, with that one. But I also think if I had to pick another one that I was slightly disappointed in, it would be Girl at Home. Mm. I think the new version was like sort of a mix of techno and pop. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't fit for me personally. I I liked the original better. I thought the original was more acoustic sounding and more guitar and I like that version of it and yeah I think those are the only two that I was slightly disappointed in yeah that's actually like girl at home you like girl at home yeah I do the new version Mm -hmm. like I understand it I don't you know I'm not saying you hate it I don't hate anything (laughs) yeah but you know I understand that the point of the original song re-recordings is to get as close to as to the original as possible because she's trying to use those as the masters for her new recordings. And that's what people expect when they listen to these songs. I get that, but I just was hoping for some more production, maybe more modernization of the sound, mm-hmm. pumping up the, 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 the instruments like, you know, Scott, you know, what song I think is just hugely improved is uh, state of grace with the music and everything. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had discussions about this, you know, away from the show. Um, that's what I was hoping for all the songs. And to me, we are never, ever getting back together. Just didn't do it. Yeah. It's interesting because when we think about instrumentation, one of the things that stands out on both fearless and red, the Taylor's versions, traditional instruments, you got guitars, bass, drums. That sounds great. The modern versions, they've been stepped up. The mixing is better. It just comes across like a fuller sound, but the pop songs, like we are never, ever getting back together. I knew you were trouble. Maybe you know, 22. Songs, 22. 22. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's a perfect example. To me, the technology, at least for me as a just a layperson listener, hasn't really changed all that much. There's not much different stuff they can do. So the re-recorded versions are just too, there's not enough there that really stands out to me. Plus, I think even though Taylor's still very young, she's in her 30s, when Red came out and she was in her 20s, I think songs like 22 and we are never, ever getting back together. And I, I think those songs fit a more youthful voice than Taylor has now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually like hearing Taylor sing them now on a record rather than just, not just, but rather than seeing her doing it in concert where it, you know, it, the sound is totally different. You can hear the differences in her voice. And those, those songs, I agree, do have... Uh, a difference and they're they're made for a younger a younger audience like i i want i can't wait to see what she does with reputation because that's Mm -hmm. almost brand new you know the voice is not that different so right and those are all pop songs too so maybe it'll be a different a different thing musically i don't know but like something like this i agree with you scott i really do i think the voice maybe has an issue not an issue but you're not expecting that more experienced more um you know uh, well-rounded singing voice to to come out of these songs. Right, I agree with that. Which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's just different. Yeah, and now Joe, you mentioned the song "State of Grace," and I was thinking, I always thought with "State of Grace," going back to the original Red, that as an opening track, it was an epic opening track. Kind of a, I had read once that it was kind of like a U two anthem, and now once I think of that, I can't get that comparison out of my head, but. I was thinking after Taylor's version came out with Red, all the opening tracks on Taylor's albums from, you know, Fearless on Fearless to, I guess, Mine on Speak Now and State of Grace on Red and just like Welcome to New York and so forth and so on. I think State of Grace is 
in my opinion, the best opening track from a Taylor album. And I wanted your reaction to that. I do too. I honestly, I wrote, I wrote here in my notes when I was listening earlier, um, a state of grace has always been one of my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think maybe not my number one favorite, but it's been in my top five. And I think that's a slightly underrated opinion (laughs) a little bit, Scott, but I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's really strong. And of course, in Taylor's version, I think the drums and the acoustics in this track just sound like simply amazing. And I think it's such a great way to open it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it, good job. Looking at, uh, I'm just thinking, although I, I really, like I said, I love Reputation and Ready For It is a great album opener. I mean, it oh, is, that's true. It, it is perfectly made for a stadium show opening. And that's probably why she even did that. But to me, the state of grace is, is the top. Um, and just with when the drums start coming in and, you know, it you get that sense of anticipation and excitement. It's great. Yeah. On the new version, the drums are so pronounced and there's something that happens in the drum track that I don't think happens in the original, but there's one point where before she sings and I never like the drums that I don't know what the musical term is, but he just bangs on like this quick beat. I, yeah. when, when I heard that for the first time, and I was listening in bed as you, I was, I had my headphones on. Um, I was just listening and I heard that. I think I literally sat up like I was lying in bed and that kind of sat me up and I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. And um, it, it was, it was really great uh, to hear that, but um, I do love the Taylor's version of state of grace. And I think her vocals are absolutely impeccable on there. And I wanted to, uh, ask you as a follow-up question to this looking at the taylor's version of red what are the highlight tracks for you alex we'll start with you okay um i absolutely love treacherous i think she calls out a lot of true feelings i love the chorus in the song i think it's so relatable for a bunch of people and we've all been there um that's definitely a highlight i think in terms of the vault tracks i know we're going to get a little bit deeper into that later but i really like the chris stapleton collaboration um i love phoebe bridgers that was amazing um on nothing new incredible but i think that my absolute favorite to point out is better man i think the absolute the the acoustics in this one just absolutely killed me okay so this is a lot to take in (laughs) i don't even know what to say right now oh no no um I never know if you guys are going to react in a positive or negative. (laughs) Well, let me, let me say this. There is no negative here because to me, this is all some of the best music ever made. So there's no negative here, right? Joe, you, I know you feel that way. There's no, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, I want, so let's go to treacherous. Now treacherous. I remember hearing that song for the first time years ago. And I thought to myself that lyrically there was more of a risque song. So there's maturity showing, but also it's got this, it's a very diverse song in terms of the arrangement, the way it starts off in like a slow acoustic type, not, not pure acoustic, but that type of sound ballad, and then gets heavier in sort of the middle portion of the song and then quiets down while her vocal is brought back to the front. Um, and Taylor's version, I think her maturity in the vocals really stands out. And yeah. I, I think that it's a more powerful song in Taylor's voice now than it was in the original red. That's a great analysis. Yeah. I feel like I'm listening to Rob Sheffield right now, but don't even go there. Joe. He's just the master. takes what we say and he makes it better. No, 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 really no, no, does. no. I mean, that's, that's a gift. I, I have to say it is treacherous to me. First of all, Scott, I agree with you and with Alex that it's, it benefits so much from the re-recording because it's a song that should be sung again by somebody with more experience in life and things like that putting aside the fact that she wrote these songs when she was 21 or 22 or whatever it is. I mean, who thinks of that stuff, but just putting that, putting that aside, like to me, treacherous is the song where I'm always saying, I don't like treacherous. I'm not a good, I'm not a fan of treacherous. And then I listen to it and I'm like, wow, this really is a good song, but I do it over and over and never like (laughs) always the same thing. It's like, I don't like treacherous, but it's good. If that makes any sense. Like once you get into it, it, it is a good song. Definitely. I, I, I would agree with you, Joe. I think it's the underdog on my, on my rating list for sure. It's kind of, um, it, it's not the first track you think of when you think of red, there's so many amazing songs on there. It's kind of like, Oh, that's on there too. And that's on there. Like right. in advance of this reissue, I was going through the songs in my head that are on red 
And I forgot about beginning it. And that's one of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. And then right. I thought, oh, because that's on there amazing. too. So let's let's talk about that because I love the original beginning in. It's a masterpiece lyrically and musically. I mean, a song like that, I don't really see a major difference between the re-recorded version and the original. No, it's the same. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the point, but I can listen to either one and be happy with it. Beginning yeah. is a great song. I always like that song. It's a perfect Taylor Swift ending album ending song. And uh, it, it works either way. Agreed. And I think we get a good mix of, of that on Taylor's version of Red. We get a little bit of, okay, this track totally sounds the same as the original, but it works for both. Mm -hmm. And both of them are amazing in their own ways. And then we have like, oh, this is super different and I like it and it's more powerful and her vocals are more pronounced. Um, and I really, really like that. I think she gives us like a taste of her maturity, like you guys were saying before and how much she's grown up and how much her vocals have, have changed for the better, of course. Yes. I, yeah. Alex, let me ask you, do you, um, I'm going to throw out a song on red that I am not a fan of, and I want your reaction to it. Okay. Okay. The last time. Not a fan. I have to agree with you. In it's the original bad. and the new. Yeah. There's a little, very little difference for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and both, I just find it a bit boring if I'm allowed mm -hmm. to say that. Um, but that's just me. It's just not my, my taste in songs. Yeah, the last time for me is a song that prevents Red as an album from perhaps being her, in my mind, her best album. Yeah, because I can see that. I mean, yeah, I can see that too. I, look, I think Red is a perfect album, but you know, to me, perfect means every song is a ten out of ten, and um, I don't think the last time is a ten out of ten. Like you said, Alex, I do find it kind of boring, and I don't see much of a difference between the old and the new version there. Um, it's one that kind of drags for me a little bit, like to your point about how it would make the album a 10 out of 10 in its entirety. Right. I think it's just one of those that's like lingering there that I'm like, Oh, we don't really need this. It's great that we have it. And it's cool to listen to sometimes not my favorite, but it's just there. How do you feel about the lucky one? I like the lucky one. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's a good song. I'm not crazy about it, but I like it more than the last time. I agree with that. Um, can you, uh, Joe, can you think of a song that's on the uh, Taylor's version of Red, a rock song, not a pop song or a country you know, ballad that really stands out as being better than the original, other than the ones we've talked about tonight? I like Red better than the original. Oh, interesting. Uh, tell us why. I, I just feel like when you listen to it, it's the production is better. They spent a lot of time, you can tell, remastering this song. And I just feel like the sound is better. Like, it's just, it's a better song to me than the original. When you put them side by side, you can tell yeah. a difference. Whereas on some of the other songs, like we just said, you can't. You know what stands out to me? The Taylor's version of Red, the song Red, it's got more of a driving force behind it. I completely agree. I think this is the, I mean, I know it's only the second track on the album, but it's, like State of Grace, she just, of course, sounds amazing and perfect in her own way as she does on State of Grace. But Red is really where I was like, oh, wow, she sounds older and more mature. And her vocals are what bring like this track and I think start to bring this record to life again mm -hmm. with Taylor's version. Right. That's I love that analysis. <laughs> oh, thank you, Scott. That's true. <laughs> And think about the order of the first four songs on Red, right? You got State of Grace, which is a rock and roll opener. The second track, Red, is another rock country song, which she doesn't slow it down. She kicks it off fast. She just keeps going. Treacherous slows it down in a traditional ballad type sense. And then I Knew You Were Trouble, which is this dubstep pop. I mean, the diversity in the songs is there's no one else like that now. There really isn't. There, and there wasn't back in 2012, I guess, when this album came out. Right? I think it was 2012. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 2012. No, and that's a good point. I'm Scott, to your point about that. Um, I think we see on this record, we see a lot of risk taking from Taylor, like vocally and just musically and lyrically in every single capacity. Mm -hmm. She kind of defies what 
in my opinion. I think she defies what record labels really like want and drive for every single artist, like cookie cutter. If you're putting out a pop record, it has to be all pop. If you're putting out a rock record, it has to be all rock, right? Like we have four tracks, the first four tracks to your point about what you were saying before, the first four tracks are so different in their own way. And I think that's so important to point out because it speaks so much to her character and her ability to write music and to perform. So I'm going to make a very bold statement here. Joe has heard me allude to this. Alex, you've never heard me say this. This is a groundbreaking statement. Okay. My number one musical artist of all time is the Beatles. And when I say the Beatles, I'm talking about the Beatles themselves and like the post Beatles careers. Cause in my mind, just, I, I, I put it all together in my mind. Taylor may be my number two of all time. Maybe, maybe. But I think when we talk about what we're talking about here, the diversity of the tracks, I honestly think one of the, the only comparisons in music history is the Beatles. And I say that not be, I'm not comparing the music of Taylor to the music of the Beatles, but the Beatles released albums like the white album and revolver and so forth that had so many different sounds on them and styles that no one else was doing around that time. Taylor, it's the same concept. There's so many different genres of music on her albums that the Beatles are the closest comparison I could think of. That's, that's a great point, Scott. That's the smartest thing I've ever thought of. <laughs> that's, the, that's the smartest thing I've <laughs> ever I think thought that's of. That's why people keep listening to Taylor, right? Like, that's why I listen to the Beatles, because it's not the same album over and over again five years later. It's completely right. different. And now we have double of each coming from Taylor. So it's great. That, that's, that's true. true. I mean, what win, other win. artists would even do this? Like the amount of music she's putting out right now is just absolutely incredible. Right. Oh, definitely. And I think it's a big, maybe not like a super big risk, but like from my point of view, I think it's pretty risky to do what she's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine how many people are very critical and don't love her as much as we do and are just straight up mean about it. Right. Like it's probably emotionally draining, but it's, it's awesome that she's doing it and she's willing to do it. Right. And again, she's, yeah, get out. Going against everybody and prevailing. It's amazing. <laughs> there's also the risk of just oversaturation when there's an artist that's out there so much. People don't listen to them as much anymore. You know, they're just, they just, they, they go to other things. But before we get to the, from the ball tracks, I wanted to ask you about a couple of other individual tracks. One of them, and we'll get to all too well. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But what do you think of the song I Almost Do? I like it. I think um, vocally it's, it's pretty strong. I just like, it's not one that stands out to me. Do you like the lucky one more? It's okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I like it more than both of you. That's uh... that seems to be a popular opinion, Scott. (laughs) And I like turning songs more. more Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a song I love. I love the original and I love it now, even though there's not many differences to me. Stay, stay, stay. Great song. Yeah. Fantastic. And that made me think that Kid Leroy's got the song stay. Oh, right? that's right. Is that the one that's with, not with Miley Cyrus, right? Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yes. The Miley Cyrus one is you cut out a piece of me and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. without you, without, without you. you, that's it. But he also has one that's, solo i think yes he does without her yeah he does also the song stay the oldie song by is it maurice williams and the zodiacs is that the name of the group i could be wrong i'm going to google this real quick is the only it's the shortest song in music history to go to number one um yeah maurice williams and the zodiacs that's yep. that by the way props to me that that i would great, know that, great fact out of nowhere wow Scott, but, incredible but as that, always. that song went to number one i think it still holds the record for being the Length of time, the shortest song to ever go to number one. It was like under two minutes long. I may have been replaced by Old Town Road. May have been replaced by Old Town Road, which is. I don't know what I'm saying. That may be off base. I don't know. If I, don't, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think we all can agree then that the Taylor's version of Red is a fantastic album, right? We don't I, I looked at it as a whole. It's really remarkable. Agreed. Agreed. The only other thing I want to mention before we get to the from the vault tracks, and we'll begin with all too well there. 
there's a podcast I really like listening to. It's on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's called Every Single Album. And it's hosted by these two very knowledgeable music journalists, uh, Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard. And what they did, they did Taylor's album. So they go each album one by one and they discuss the album. It's a great podcast. They just started Adele, actually. They're doing Adele's albums. But when Red Taylor's version came out, they went and had this amazing episode. And Nathan Hubbard pointed something out, which I thought was really fascinating. I'm going to state this to you and get your reaction to it. After Fearless, Taylor's version came out. Most people that would listen to Fearless would listen to Taylor's version. But streaming of the original Fearless actually increased. In other words, her back catalog, not just the original Fearless, but her other back catalog, saw a bump in streaming after Taylor's version of Fearless came out. And he posed the question, is this really what Taylor would have wanted? Because she's trying to take people away from the original recordings. And you know, so when you go back now and you listen to the albums like Fearless or Red, let's just take those two, is your default going to be Taylor's version or the original? Alex, we'll start with you. Um, my initial reaction would be to listen to Taylor's version. But I will say that I definitely streamed both of the original versions before we did the podcast and before I listened to Taylor's version. Okay. Because it's been so long since I've listened to either one straight through. Yes. Um, and I love to hear the comparison. But I can't say that I would go back and listen to the originals like tomorrow if I was in the mood to listen to Fearless. I would probably listen to Taylor's version. Right. Yeah. Go. Same for me. I, I think the increase in streaming of the older versions, the original versions, is due to the new version coming out and people wanting to compare them or people preparing for the new album to come out. I, I did read a lot of comments online and some of the some of the message boards I frequent about Taylor <laughs> where people were saying, um, I say that completely unironically, where people were saying that they were listening to the older versions before the album came out to prepare to listen to the new ones. So they wanted to remember the songs and go back to them and of course, that's going to have an effect on the overall streaming numbers. But I think for me, moving forward, I'll just use the Taylor versions because why not? And if that's what she wants you to listen to, that's what I'm going to listen to. And right. I actually, my thought was the opposite before these actually came out, which was, we don't even need these albums. I'm going to listen to the originals because that's what I like. Now that I have them and seeing how good they are and how involved and, you know, with the extras you get, why wouldn't, you know, I'm going to listen to them because why not? I like that. Why not? <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Now, I'm going to give a hot take as we begin talking about All Too Well. The song Begin Again is a song I like more than All Too Well. I can't agree with that. I, I slightly agree with that. But Do you mean the 10-minute version or the original? Both. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't agree with you, Scott. I'm sorry. So, Alex, here's my first question. We're going to pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> here's the first question. Um, do you like, okay, so just for our listeners who may not be familiar with this, Taylor Swift, a lot of Red was based on her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. There's a song on, All Too, uh, on Red called All Too Well that details basically kind of the breakup of their relationship. And it's considered by Taylor's hardcore fans to be her best song. It's really a remarkable work of art. And on Red Taylor's version, she released a 10-minute version of the song, All Too Well. There were always reports that she had originally intended All Too Well to be a 10-minute track, but it ended up being about five. And this song got a lot of attention. It's all over TikTok. She performed it live on Saturday Night Live. It's number one in the country right now. The longest song in music history to go to number one in terms of the length of time. So beating Hey Jude and beating, what was the other one that it beat? It was, oh, American Pie. So, Alex. You got the five minute all too well, and you have the 10 minute all too well. Let's say you have 30 minutes to sit and listen to whatever you want. Which version are you putting on? Oh, 10 minute without question. I proceed. I know that might be a hot take. It's a hot <laughs> take. Too. It's a hot take. Um, but I just like it for what it is like point blank. She's walking us through an entire story. And when you're listening to it, let me backtrack a little bit. What makes a great 10 minute track to me or over 10 minute, over five minutes, if we're being realistic, right? Um, 
it shouldn't feel like it's that long. And when I listen to all too well, the 10 minute version, it feels like it's three minutes long in my head. And I'm, I'm literally just listening to a story over and over and over again with each like verse that comes to that she sings. Um, and that's why I think it's so great because it literally doesn't feel, feels like it's three minutes as opposed to 10. And I think that's what makes a great track. I just want to say something right here. I'm so happy right now. I just have like, I'm so happy to be talking to you both about this. And Alex, what you've just said, I think is unbelievable. And I never thought about that, but Joe, think about this. I agree. I know what you're going to say. Just a 10 minute song sounding like it's three minutes long is maybe the best way to describe the brilliance that is the 10 minute version of all too well. Completely agree. That came out. That was, that that was so profound. You can't get that on any other podcast than this. That's why I, I love talking to you guys. Great I may actually tweak that in our promotion of this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that I totally agree with you, Alex. Wow. I'm not listening to the 10 minute version does feel like three minutes. Not even like you you get so sucked up into the song and that before you know it, it's over. And lately, well, since this song came out, I've only listened to the 10 minute version. I listened to the, the original once to hear it. And previously that was my second favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. Behind only Enchanted. But this, the 10 minute version, I think has now eclipsed the, the original version for me. At first I did not like it at all. And then I listened to it more and more and got involved in the story and the extra verses she put in and why she put those in. and. It, it totally, I, I've changed on it completely. Everything so, has changed. Joe, I just want to clarify this. Are you saying, I want to get you on record here. Are you saying that the 10 minute all too well is your favorite Taylor Swift song so far of all time? No, it's my second favorite. It, it's it still your second favorite. The original version. It's nothing is the going to be version. enchanted okay. for me. I can't wait to hear it. I, nothing will be enchanted for me. Enchanted in the Taylor's version. We all await that song. Yes. Um, okay, so the 10-minute All Too Well has replaced the five-minute All Too Well as your second favorite Taylor Swift song. Correct. Okay. Um, a lot to take in. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to say next, except um, I'm going to ask you this question. Let's go around the table. What is your favorite lyric from the 10-minute version of All Too Well? And I guess you could still... I mean, the original lyrics are still in there, so you can... Choose those if you like, but I'm really kind of looking at new lyrics that have been released. So if you had a new lyric from the song that stands out, what is one that you would choose? I was going to say for me, there's a, there's a, there's, if we're talking one lyric, there's a line in there that says, um, you kept me like a secret. I kept you like an oath. I thought that was a pretty good line Mm -hmm. where, you know, it it has a lot of meanings of obviously depending on where you're at and what you're thinking of at the time. I like the whole section. If we're talking about a section about her birthday party, right? And that her her you know her father was watching her during the party and said it's supposed to be fun turning twenty one because this guy didn't show up. And I know you said it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, but we never confirmed that, even though everybody knows it is. Um, so we'll call him the guy. When this guy showed didn't show up to her birthday party and she was didn't care that her friends were there, she was only waiting on him. And it you know her dad said that to her. I thought those those two. Uh, parts were really good and it kind of again added more to the story and to the song right great lyrics selections joe Uh, alex what stands out for you um i would completely agree on the party verse i think that was one that absolutely stood out to me because we're getting a little bit more of the possible jake gyllenhaal story and him not showing up um but if i had to pick one line i think it would be time won't fly it's like i'm paralyzed by it mm-hmm. and i think it's so it's so simple and it sounds so silly to say out loud but it's so deep in the same way right like she's so stuck in this like tunnel vision of only seeing what she's feeling in that moment right and like all you want in those moments is for time to literally fly by <laughs> and it's not right. and then you become right. paralyzed by it right like it's so literal and it's just to me i i really really like it i think it's very deep it is deep. And a lot, every lyric is deep. It, it, that particular lyric is very deep. I agree, Alex. And it's like every lyric in the song, it's not just a passing lyric. Like the uh, 
I've seen videos on TikTok where people are playing all too well. And with every line, they're like, oh, oh, <laughs> it's like a nonstop barrage of punches almost. Uh, for me, I like, and I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age. That's a good line. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Another clue that it's Jake Gyllenhaal. The, the lyrics also reference some actress in a talking to Taylor, telling her it's going to be okay or something like that. And there's, I've I really re- did like that part too. I've read too many na- analyses of who this actress could be. And there's two leading candidates out there. One is Jennifer Aniston. And I don't think it's her. I don't uh, the second leading candidate seems to be Anne Hathaway. And there is evidence to back that up. So I can see that. Yeah. Yes. The Jennifer Aniston one was a stretch. <laughs> like the day after this came out and everybody was analyzing and they were like, oh, everybody's going coming for Jennifer Aniston for the Taylor Swift all too well 10 minute version. I'm like, really? <laughs> Come on. It would be random if it was somebody like Meryl Streep or something. <laughs> you know, it's like that would be totally <laughs> unexpected. Um, but the 10 minute all too well, it is an epic track. And I want to the last question I have for you on all too well, and I was actually really intrigued to get your thoughts on this. Is all too well now being a bit overplayed in the sense that originally it was, I'm going to use secret in quotes, like a secret track among fans, meaning that even though she performed it at the Grammys, it never was a hit single. Most casual fans didn't know about it, but now it seems like everyone knows about it. And is it being overplayed? I don't, I don't know if it's overplayed. I think it's overhyped in the sense where, or being pushed too much. The, the hype machine behind this song, some it came out of nowhere. And I remember there was, when Red came out, there was a push to make this the last single from the album before it you know, moved on to another album. And even then, barely anybody had heard the song. And it was more of a kind of an in-the-know in kind of thing. Even And she performed it in her stadium concerts. I, I can even picture the performance in my head with her at the piano, basically headbanging to this song, which is odd in itself, but it was a great performance. Um, But now you're right, Scott, everybody seems to know about the song and I think they're using it to sell this album. Yes. This whole 10 minute version. And, you know, it's as if everybody just knows about it somehow. I don't know how that happened. Right. Yeah. Alex, how about you? I think the vault tracks on here are, are the draw for a lot of people, especially that aren't like super niche Taylor Swift fans. Um, And I agree with you, Joe. I don't know if it's, overplayed so much so much as it's like people are hyping it up because that's what's cool like people are seeing it shared on instagram stories and they're like oh i should go listen to this 10 minute taylor swift song because that's what everybody else is doing and then they share it and then they share it it's like the ripple effect right um i think it's more of that that i'm seeing than overplaying i mean i certainly overplay it (laughs) because like i said i could sit here for an hour and i'm like wait i missed the sixth verse (laughs) and i want to hear it again right so uh, let's talk about the From the Vault tracks. Um, you know, there's one song on there. I'll mention it. I, I really can't physically listen to it often, which is the song Ronin. It's a song that Taylor wrote about a four-year-old boy who passed from cancer. It's, I mean, I, I, I think that if you were trying to convince someone who was skeptical about Taylor's skills as a songwriter, that is certainly a song you could point to and say, listen to her lyrics here. It's an emotional, gut-wrenching song. And I listened to it once and I just can't revisit it. I, I just can't emotionally revisit it, but it's a remarkably powerful song. It is, I, I guess that maybe, I don't know if that's a from the vault because that was released as a single years ago, but it's a remarkably powerful track that I did want to mention. Um, I love her duet with Chris Stapleton. It's one of my, uh, I bet you think yep. about me. It may be my go-to from the vault track. I happen to really enjoy the music video, which I watched shortly before we recorded tonight. And it's got this country feel and her voice blends with Chris Stapleton so well on the track. Alex, I know you mentioned that earlier and Joe, you're a fan of, of that as well. So uh, just what do you like about it so much? I'm a big fan of the song. I really, I mean, Chris Stapleton is one of my top country artists. I've, uh, I listen to him all the time and I, I almost wish he was on there a little bit more than just in the background, but it does work with the song. And the song itself is just such a great song. I, it is more country than not, which is nice to see her go back to that country kind of roots. But even if she didn't, like the song itself is just a really good song to listen to. You kind of get lost in it a little bit. And 
you know, it's, it's just, it's just a great song. I don't, I can't believe that's on the vault and not in a real album, not a real right. album, but not, you know, she could have made a separate album with these vault songs and it would have been number one. And instead she throws these on the end with, you know, uh, as, as a, from the vault song, it's kind of like a, here you go, you're welcome. And these songs are what we get. And, and I bet you think about me is just one, is one of the best in my opinion. Alex, let me ask you a question. If you were putting together your ideal version of Red and you could take from the vault tracks and put them on the album instead of songs that actually made the cut, what would you take off to be replaced with I Bet You Think About Me? Scott, you're stumping me here. <laughs> um, no, I think I would I think I would take off either Stay, 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 maybe, or The Lucky One and swap okay. it out. Um, I really like, <laughs> I really, really like I Bet You Think About Me. Yeah. I think it's a highlight for sure. And agree with you, Joe, his Chris Stapleton's voice blends so well with hers. And I think we got like a little bit of a fearless vibe in there, the album, yep. um, not the song. I think we got, we definitely got that pop country vibe back from her kind of like an original Taylor, but sort of mixed with new Taylor. I know that kind of doesn't make sense out loud, but um, I think you guys are, <laughs> are getting what I'm trying to say. If this is truly a from the vault track that was written 10 years ago for Red, I think she probably wrote that right after Fearless. It was more of a country song. And then she put it to the side because Red itself was turning into a non-country album. Right. And I can see that they kind of just kept that to the side. Again, if she truly wrote it 10 years ago and not now. Right. (laughs) And I think the music video was great, too. Scott, to your point, that was great. And I love that she worked with Blake Lively on this because I adore her. She's awesome. Great Blake Lively reference, by the way. Maybe the first one in the history of the podcast. Her first directing uh, job, that video. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to say something, Alex, which is going to make you sad. Okay. You mentioned earlier the song Better Man. Yes. It's not one of my favorite from the vault tracks. Okay. I happen to not be as crazy about it uh, for reasons I can't pinpoint. But now that you mentioned this, I am going to go back and give it a serious listen. Okay. But I like the song Babe. Better than Better Man. Oh, interesting. That's a hot take. Doesn't make yeah. me sad. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure. I like I like Babe too. I think that's a great one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Better Man just resonates with me, and I, I for no rhyme or reason. I can't, sure. I couldn't even give you a reason why. Um, it was one of those when I listened to this. When I listened to Taylor's version, I was like, "This is this is it. Like this is what I wanted to hear." So maybe take another listen. I, I definitely will. So, so you like the song Better Man as done by Taylor more than the version done by Little Big Town? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I do love the Little Big Town version. Um, but I think it was one of those what I was, that I was waiting for her to record. So it was nice to actually see it on this record. Right. Joe, can you give me another from the vault track that stands out to you? Uh, Run with Ed Sheeran. I really like that song. Right. I'm not even, I mean, that came right to me just like that. Like, I, I'm not even a, a big Ed Sheeran fan. I like him enough, but I think that song is just, I don't want to say it's like a new obsession, but I, every time it's on, I'll listen to it twice or something just because I really like it. It's really growing on me a lot. Follow up question Do you like Run more than the duet with Ed Sheeran that actually made the album Red, which is Everything Has Changed? Yes, I do. You do. I would have switched those two. Alex, how about you? I think I would agree. I would have switched the two. Okay, I'm going to disagree. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but let me be very clear about something. I love Run. I think it's fantastic. It to me is one of the standout tracks from the Vault, and her voice with Ed's blends so well together. And uh, I'm not again like you, Joe. I'm not a huge Ed Sheeran fan, although I have total respect for his writing ability, his musical ability. Uh, it's to me, it, a very good Ed Sheeran track. I think it showcases his vocals extremely well. Um, Alex, talk about the Phoebe Bridgers track. What is the name of that? That's escaping me offhand. It's nothing uh, new. Yeah. Nothing new. Yes. Go ahead. Tell, Cause I know you like Phoebe Bridgers. Tell us about your thoughts on that track. Yeah. I just thought, um, like same general feelings in terms of vocals and instrumentals. I thought it was really beautiful. I think, Taylor's voice sounds very pronounced on this. Um, And I really like how her 
how Phoebe and her sound together. And I'm I'm just a big Phoebe Bridgers fan, so it was mm-hmm. just new and refreshing to to hear her on a on a Taylor track. Just seemed different to me. Right. Like I feel like some people might look at it and be like, "Oh, it doesn't really fit," but I don't know. I just like it. That's great. Uh, Joe, are you a Phoebe Bridgers fan? I, I've tried to listen to her. I'm not a huge fan. I, I, I want, it's like one of those artists that I want to like, but I either have to give it like 10 more tries or just, you know, it's okay. What are your thoughts on uh, Nothing New, the Phoebe Bridgers track? It's not one of my favorite from the Vault tracks. I actually was dismissive of it the first couple of times I heard it, but the more recent time I heard it, um, I'm, I'm not a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not as familiar with her music as some others are, but um, I think her voice blends well with Taylor's and it's a nice combination. So it's, it's a good track. I wouldn't say it's great. A, a track that I was a little disappointed in on the, from the vault, I kept hearing about this song message in a bottle, not the police mm-hmm. song, but a version that Taylor wrote that Max Martin did Max Martin produce this version of it. I know there was a Max Martin connection there to it, but no, I think it was a partner that he had worked with who produced this. Okay. Cause I had heard, well, if not you like Shellback, tw- but some, but like a, like a protege type person. Right. Well, I had heard if you like, you know, her pop music, you're going to love message in a bottle. And I understand why it didn't make the cut of the final version of red. To me, it's a step below 22. We are never, ever getting back together. Right. And I knew you were in trouble, but it's good. You, any other artist gets a song like message in a bottle could be a number one hit, but in Taylor, it's like a step below those pop tracks, in my opinion. Agreed. Other song I just want to give an honorable mention to is the song uh, loading up here. I'm still getting used to the names. The very first night, which is uh, there. I was watching. I was on TikTok, and that's a it's a weird statement forty four for a forty one year old guy to say. <laughs> so I was on TikTok, and I saw a clip pop up on the screen where people were singing along to that song. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I remember that song. I heard that on Red Taylor's version. And I'm like, that's such a great song. And it is. There's a part in the melody where it goes, and I'm like, ooh, that's good. That's real good melody. So um, I really like that track. To me, I prefer that to the Phoebe Bridgers track and a couple of the other songs. Just wanted to mention that, that track. Interesting. Yeah, I like, I like that one. The very first night is good. I like yeah. it's a poppy track. I like it more than Message in a Bottle, even though that song is more of a traditional rock country type sound. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Before we wrap up, though, because we're going long, it's already almost an hour length of the show, which is amazing. I'm, I could go all night with this stuff. But um, any other things that you wanted to talk about with Taylor's version of Red? Any, I want to make sure we're covering everything. I guess just sum it up, like sum up where your thoughts are right now and where you think we're going with all this stuff. Alex, you're, you're our esteemed guest. So we'll start with you this evening. I love it. Um, yeah, I think in general, I touched on this a little bit before, but I think the record just goes to a much deeper level than the original. And I don't, again, I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason because I know she's literally just re-recording. I don't know if it's the vault tracks for me or what it is, just those, you know, added verses in all too well, but I think she's showing us her versatility, her maturity. I think she's showing us um, how vulnerable she can be. And I think that's something that's really great because like I said before, a lot of artists today are super cookie cutter and that's not a knock on them. It's just what they're told to do majority of the time. Um, So I think with this, Taylor's really showing us, you know, that she really doesn't care how it goes. I mean, I'm sure she cares a little bit, but it's more like, I'm going to re-record these songs for me and I'm going to tell everybody why I'm doing it and let it be known and whatever happens, happens. And I really, really get that vibe from her. And I think it's just beautiful. I like it. I love that. Yeah. That's very well said. Um, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, that was great, Alex. I mean, I can't add too much. This is a fantastic time to be a fan of Taylor Swift. I don't think any artist of her caliber is putting out music on this level and the amount of music since 2017, she was put out what six albums, all of which have been multi-platinum number one albums. And who else can keep that up? And she's con- going to continue to do this because she's going to put out more of these re-recordings. And you know, she, you never know; she could drop some surprise album at any time. And I just, 
she puts out songs like the Christmas tree farm and, you know, versions. And I, for me, this is, you know, I'm, this is it for me. This is the best time to be a Taylor Swift fan. And I've been saying that she's unbelievably amazing since, you know, her debut album. And now it's, it's all coming together. It's great. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, first off, there are rumors of a surprise album. Apparently there's clues. Have you guys heard this rumor? I think it's floating around on Reddit that some people think there are clues being given out that a surprise album is coming before the end of the year. I don't see it. I have, I've heard that rumor. I don't believe it. If anything, there would be a long pond session of Evermore. She, she re-recorded one of the songs up there in the long pond studio. Right. I don't remember which one it was, but she it was all too well. Out a, it was all, all too, too well. well. Right. She tweeted out a picture of her there. Uh, the, the, uh, the new version of all too well, whatever that is. I can't remember what it's even called right now. Not the 10 minute version, but there's a 10 minute version of all too well with, this like sound to it right um and again another song that she just puts out out of nowhere that i think it's going to be a long con studio session of evermore if anything oh yeah that's interesting interesting yeah so alex i'm going to tell you something that i said to joe i guess around the time red came out as you know joe and i have been listening to taylor swift for years okay there were a lot of people that would dismiss her. They would say, oh, you're listening. what are you listening to that pop for? It's nothing. Then Folklore comes out, and it's got this indie rock vibe, this alt vibe, and people start listening to it. That never gave her the time of day before. And she takes on popularity among a fan base that never considered her music before. And now that's opened up the floodgates, and anything she releases, people will listen to and realize just how brilliant her music is. So I said to Joe, we started this trend. We, we had this going on for years before people would recognize this. And I, I compare it to the Jonas Brothers because I've been listening to the Jonas Brothers for years. And so has Joe. And everyone would say, what are you listening to? And I would be dismissive of it. No, no, no. It's because we have good taste in music. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Okay. So. Agreed. So when, yep. when, when we, we know what we're talking about, all three of us. <laughs> Again, this is a rant. This is a, this is a rant. But I'm just saying. Everybody's finally coming around to the things that we knew all along, which is that Taylor is, without a question, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Period. Can't argue with it. Cannot argue argue with with that. I agree completely. And with that, shall we go to a Stuff We Love segment? Sure. Let's do it. Alex, you are the guest, the wonderful guest. Please, what is your Stuff We Love segment? Um, Okay, I actually have two tonight. Because normally it takes me a minute to think, but I came very well prepared with two, not just one. Um, Right now, I am very much appreciating local coffee shops. And I know that sounds so dorky, Um, but during the pandemic, it was just something that I really missed out on doing. I'm a big reader and I I love to just sit at coffee shops and do my work all day because it's less distracting. Um, So I'm slowly getting back to that safely, of course, when it's nice out. (laughs) um so i can sit outside that's one and then i just started watching the morning show on apple tv and i really really like it so far and i've it's been on my list forever yes i sound super excited about it for no reason those are great recommendations (laughs) can i give you a lightning round on your coffee shop selection oh of course do you get hot or iced more often iced do you ever get hot coffee sometimes do you go to duncan and starbucks no do you go to just either on, one of those? Uh, just Starbucks. Just Starbucks. Have you have you tried their Christmas blend? I have. Do you like it? It's good. Do you like the Christmas blonde blend more? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but you know what's really good too? Their sugar cookie latte. Oh, I haven't tried that. I heard. I want to try good. that. It's yeah. so yes. good. Um, have you been fortunate enough to get a hold of their Thanksgiving blend? I haven't. Neither have I. It took me forever to get the sugar cookie one. I had to go yeah. to like three Starbucks in different states. <laughs> um, what do you like in your coffee? Just a regular coffee? Nothing. You drink it black? Yeah, black or sometimes with oat milk. Depends on the place. Health question, because I know we all love health on here. What is considered the healthiest type of milk to put in your coffee? Because I've heard skim milk actually is not nearly as healthy as you would think. I I've heard that too. And I mean, I'm, I drink oat milk for like dietary reasons. Cause I, mm-hmm. I can't have cow's milk, but it's also not healthy. No, oat <laughs> it's milk just like is all not healthy carbs. At all. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think. But like, know. neither is soy milk. And I don't think any of them are very healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. They're There's not just different levels of non-dairy creamer and everything. You know? I was looking at half and half because I bought half and half at the local uh, supermarket. Like two tablespoons is 35 calories, give or take, which isn't terrible. And if you have a flavored coffee and you put in two tablespoons of half and half, that's really all you need. It's not, you don't need much more than that. That's what I use. I use just the real stuff, regular half and half. And I've, you know, I've never had a problem. I don't, I don't like any of the other stuff in my coffee, like the, the oat milks, the almond milks. It, it doesn't do it for me. Right. Yeah. I have gone to make, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say same thing. I was, I have gone to McDonald's drive through and ordered iced coffee with half and half. I don't think they have half and half. I think they just have cream because like, be. I, I once ordered yeah. half and half and I got the creamiest coffee I ever got it ever. And I was saying to myself, well, what is this? I'm trying to be somewhat healthy. And then this was like the worst of the worst. Um, I re I ask all these questions because I've become a major coffee drinker. I love coffee. And I actually, from the moment I get up, I'll be on the Peloton. I'll be thinking, okay, am I going to get a hot coffee or an iced coffee this morning? And like, I plan my day. I'm like, if I get ice this morning, will I get hot this afternoon? Am I going to want hot? It's like me being just silly and nuts, but that's the way I think. I do the same thing. I don't thing. think you're nuts at all. I have a coffee <laughs> in my cup holder on the Peloton. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> Some mornings. Yeah. I can't, I cannot make it through a ride without having coffee first. Wow. Wow. I, I think it's just in my head though. Ride. It, interesting. I always I have can't to drink, drink water or anything. I don't drink anything at all during the ride at all. Nothing. You don't drink during the ride? No, I can't do it. Oh my it. God. You're like Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I actually could get, sometimes have gotten nauseous while I have tried water while on the ride and I, I've gotten nauseous sometimes. I just feel like, I don't know why. I, I mean, sometimes I'll get a little nauseous on the bike. Just like there's so much working out. Like, especially if I'm standing up, I like sit down and I just need a minute here. Yeah. That's so weird. I was telling, I was telling my friends about that exact thing this morning. Like I was on the Getting bike nauseous on the ride. I felt so nauseous. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know if it's from going on a road trip and coming back home and then going on the bike or what it was, sure. but sometimes I do like during the Foo Fighters ride with Emma, I thought I was going to throw up. That was a tough <laughs> ride. That was, that was tough. It was hard. Joe, uh, what is your stuff? We love recommendation. I, I honestly, I could have, 10 things right now, but the most recent thing I'll talk about is Forza Horizon 5 for Xbox uh, One. It's a game on um, Game Pass. It's brand new. It's a racing game that just came out. And if you like cars at all, it's basically a you know hyper-realistic racing game um, about cars and everything. And it's like the actual models of cars and everything. So I love cars, so yeah, uh, it's a really fun game. That's a great recommendation, Joe. Um, for my stuff we love, I had trouble... I'm, I could mention a couple of things, but I'm going to mention something I love this time of year for, which is looking at online gift guides. Um, I have all these websites, gift guides for one. him, gift guides for her, gift guides for tech guides fans, are great. for sports yeah. fans, for workout buffs, that type of stuff. I look at every single one and I really don't look at it for other people. I look at it for myself. <laughs> you know, like, what do I want to get oh, yeah. myself? Uh, but there's so much fun. I even on the app Flipboard, which is a wonderful app. I, I um, follow a whole folder. The folder is called gift guides. So you click it. It's just all these new gift guides. And I actually I'm gonna have got, that right now. It's really good. And I mean, I, I truth is I have gotten good ideas for gifts for others. And I've definitely gotten good ideas of gifts for myself. So that's my Wait, stuff. This love is called Flipboard. Flipboard is an app. Yeah, oh, actually, it's a great um, app. We, I, I use it all the time. It's basically that's that could be another stuff we love too. It's a app where you. If you create an account, you follow particular topics or news sources. So for example, if you want to follow news stories about Walt Disney World, you would literally type in Walt Disney World and click follow. And it, it's like a magazine that constantly refreshes with new articles. So like I follow Beatles, Walt Disney World, um, movies, gift guides, like fun stuff like that. And it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, it's a great app. It. it really <laughs> yeah, is. No, it's, it's great. It was the app of the year a couple of years ago, I think. So it is the stuff we love podcast of apps. <laughs> you're an influencer, Scott. No, you're an influencer. Let me be very clear. <laughs> Joe and I are not influencers. Although we did start this Taylor listening trend. We did start it. So there you to, go. We get some credit. And the but, Jonas Brothers. Uh, and Jonas Brothers. But and as, a, as big a fan as I'm Jonas Brothers, who now have a special out today. I may go watch it after we're done recording. I have to watch it. Roasted. I just watched it. Is it good? You guys are going to love it. Okay. I got to watch it. Um, 
I, I like Taylor more. Taylor, I mean, she really is to me one of the greatest of all time. Like I'm, this is a, this is a hot take, but I, like I said, I'm talking Beatles level. I'm talking Sinatra level. I'm talking like Michael Jackson, Elvis. Like that's where I place her in the category. It's not a hot take at all. I think it's yeah. absolutely correct. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, and with that, I guess I'll turn now to uh, telling our listeners where they can follow the Stuff We Love podcast online. First off, our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. There you could find links to all of our previous episodes. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have, an inst- uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. Um, you could write to us, stuffwelovepodcast.gmail.com. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show because you'll be able to hear people like me, like Joe, like Alex and others. There's a lot of people in that others category. <laughs> I just can't mention them all by name. They're probably listening now thinking, well, others, well, <laughs> a little more recognition than others. Uh, but we love them all. And uh, there's a lot of good content out there. We got Beatles stuff coming up. We got more theme park stuff. We got more Taylor, more music, more movies and TV and all the stuff we love. So uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You too. Happy holiday season, 2021. That's right. Very exciting. Let it be a good musical one. And of course, you have the Beatles coming up soon, so you'll enjoy that. Yep. All 20 hours. (laughs) I I will probably not spend more than 15 minutes watching that. That's a a hot take. (laughs) My time is valuable. I I don't have six hours to watch that. It's actually, get ready for this, it's closer to eight hours. Yeah, that's not happening. No they way. announced the run times. It's it's closer to eight hours. Wow. Yes, and that's so you know the original that's the just this Brothers. version. You know, at some point there'll be a director's version and the extended version and everything like that. Well, there are rumors among people who know way more about this than I do that next year a Blu-ray version of the Beatles Get Back is coming out that's going to clock in at twelve hours. And there's also reports out that Peter Jackson was pleased with what I, if I recall correctly, was an eighteen-hour cut of the film. That's insane. I, I really have no comment. I mean, what can you say? Let's just say I'm going to be hearing, and so are you, Alex, the song Get Back a lot <laughs> over the next few days. Yep. That's for sure. Let's just say 100%. I only hope that the uh, Peloton ride for the new Beatles is not just Let It Be songs because <laughs> I won't even take it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I think it's best we uh, we stop the recording. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>